Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Our next guest on the programme, now I think the only time I've ever met this gentleman, I think the last time we spoke we were sitting in the club rooms at Suburbs Rugby Club in Auckland after having just played a game of touch. He was playing for the opposition, he scored a brilliant try. Former All Black Aaron Major joins us. Morning to you Aaron, thank you. Yeah, morning fellas. And of course alongside of me, uh, Justin Marshall himself. Aaron, two rounds into Super Rugby, your initial observations of what you've seen, let's start with your beloved Crusaders team, should people be panicking? No, I think um, in terms of the product, you know, listening to Kevin Malloy talk um, a couple of weeks before the competition started, they wanted to uh, increase the, the pace of the game and speed things up and limit the amount of stoppages. And so I think they're achieving that. I think it's been a, a good product so far. Um, so, yeah, pretty exciting. But, uh, yeah, in terms of the Crusaders, I think they'll be right, mate. It's um, a lot of new guys in there, a lot of new com- combinations. Uh, a bit of a tough night last night for, for young 9 and 10, um, Hosum and, and Kimura, but you've actually got to go through those experiences, eh, to, to learn and understand what it's like to pull your team through those moments. So, um, yeah, just a bit more time in the saddle. You know, Levi Almore was new to the side, Shafi Haki hasn't played a lot of rugby at, uh, at this level. So, uh, once those guys get their combinations going over the next couple of weeks, I'm, I'm sure they'll come through. Uh, good morning, Azza. Um, good Good and healthy for you to be out of bed at this time of the day, to be perfectly honest. I'm very surprised. So congratulations on that, first and foremost. Um, Talking about the Crusaders, uh, you had quite a bit to obviously do with Levi Omoa at centre, who was one of the big signings. Um, And equally, your old position, 12. Um, Have you really seen enough out of the likes of uh, Dallas McLeod uh, and, and is there a possibility of a shift for David Havili to fullback, or do you feel that he's better suited at 12? What, what's your combination that you feel feels the strongest the Crusaders have got in that area? Man, they've got some options, haven't they? Um, yeah. I thought, um, starting with Dallas McLeod, I thought he was outstanding last year. It didn't really matter where he played, you know, whether it was 12, 13, 14. Um, had a little, little taste of um, the All Blacks as well, so... He's a quality footy player, and I suppose that's the conundrum for you know Rob Penny and, and James Marshall and Tommy Allison around. How do you find a way in for for Dallas McLeod? Uh, I think he's too good to leave out of the starting fifteen. So mm. that's a bit of a headache they're going to have. Um, and the luxury they do have is David Harvey's versatility. So Davy can slot to fullback. You know, Fihaki has played on the wing, so uh, they've got some options, but they're going to need to settle. Uh, they can't chop and change, I suppose, too much over these few rounds because they've got to find combinations. Uh, they've got to allow uh, Taha Kemara um, some familiarity around them. And as you know, Marshy, that cohesion is really important once you start to build those combinations. Yeah. Um, you don't necessarily need to hear what's going on around. You can just see, you can tell by people's body movements around what they're going to do and that's how you get on the same page. So that'll come, uh, but it's going to take a couple of weeks. Totally agree. Yeah, and you, you make the point really well as a... That... I feel they look reasonably settled with their back row uh, locks, obviously, and you know front row they've got 
so much talent to choose from, but they just look a, a little cluttered in the back line and um, it's not helping their rhythm and their game plan slightly off. So, yeah, I think the sooner they settle on their combos and obviously those other guys grow into the jersey, the better. Um, you've seen quite a lot of rugby up north of late, um, recently, obviously with Moana Pacifica, but equally you would have been pretty close to what the Blues were doing as well. What, what have you made of both of those sides in their starts to the year? Like, really impressed with how Moana Pacifica have fronted in the last two weeks. Yeah, mate, I've been wrapped with the um, Moana boys. I was, I was fortunate enough to get down to Dunedin last week to visit my, my daughter, who's still in school down there, and uh, watch the game. Um, had a good... Um, connect with Tana before the game uh, on the phone and sounds like they're in a, in a pretty good place. I was really impressed with the forwards last week. Um, yeah. They hung in the game, executed well, set piece time and they're actually able to apply a lot of pressure and we saw that again um, last night, not so much at set piece but just around the field. I thought the forwards performed very well and, and we know with our, our Pacifica backs um, they're always going to cause a lot of trouble if they get enough ball and we saw that from both teams last night. It was a pretty entertaining game but um yeah the nuts and bolts uh, look good for Moana so it's exciting you know it's exciting for them um, and they did enough to get the job done um and around the blues yeah they look uh, they look pretty impressive so um you know that Highlanders team they beat the other night they're they're a good side they look um a lot tighter this year and they look a lot more organized uh, a lot more confident those young guys that have come through their system have um have definitely um you know, benefited from that experience. So that was a tough game the Blues got through the other night, uh, but they did it pretty pretty well in the end. So yeah, they're looking pretty good. Uh, Aaron, I, I just want to change it up a little bit here. I just want to ask you a couple of things. Um, the role of the second 5-8, what is the primary, the role of the second 5-8, say, when you were playing the game and maybe the role of the second 5-8 now? Is it just about straight running, getting across the advantage line? Break that down for us. Oh, it really, um, really depends on how you want to play the game. Like when I, um, when I played twelve for the Crusaders, I actually didn't see the ball much because Marshy never passed it. So uh, yeah, that wouldn't surprise <laughs> me, mate. It's, it's, it's certainly changed. I see that the twelve necessarily get a lot more touches on the ball these days with halfbacks, you know, distributing a bit more. Uh, no, but it, it really, it really depends on your, um, really depends on your your style of game. You know, you see some some teams play a twelve as a as a second pivot. Um, second, you know, ball player, really looking at distribution. Um, but yeah, primarily now, you know, teams have gone for bigger 12s, 9 to 12, get over the game line and then play off that. So really depends on, on how you want to play the game. Um, David Harvilli, he's probably more of a distributing 12, although he looked, he looked pretty big uh, last night. Looks like he's putting a bit of beef and he was actually carrying really well through contact. So... Um, yeah, I think that's your question, mate. Probably depends on on how you want to play the game. Well, you know the philosophy, Ezra. Um, always have a look for yourself first, and then if there's no opportunity <laughs> there, then you shovel it out. So I'm, that mindset's never really changed, to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> thinking about uh, a couple of discussion points that we've had, and I don't know how much you know about New Zealand Rugby Union's policies, but we've been debating whether or not the All Blacks should be having this continued uh, rest period where they're unavailable. You know, where, where, where do you sit in, in that zone? And particularly having had to coach, you know, uh, and being told that you weren't able to use players and, and having them unavailable when they're fit and healthy and probably knocking your door down to play. 
who's been um, elevated into the All Blacks early and he's, he's maybe only had one or two years of super rugby experience behind him. I think he's actually got to play more rugby. You've got to play mm. more rugby to get better. And you've actually got to go through uh, the pre-season alongside your mates. So you've got an older, more experienced super rugby player helping drag you through the hills or pull you through the forest or whatever you're doing to, to build your team spirit. Um, I think young guys miss out on that if they don't go through those pre-seasons. I remember when I was a young crusader, and I was fortunate enough to make the All Blacks early, but you know, running along guys like yourself, uh, alongside guys like Mertz and Todd Blackadder, and and what I learnt from the grind of pre-season, being around experienced All Blacks and experienced Super Rugby players was so invaluable uh, for my development. And I just feel that maybe some of these young guys miss those opportunities, and also to be the leader as well. So when they're on top, actually pulling their teammates through. And that's how you, mm. you build team mm. spirit and, and learn a bit about yourself and learn a bit about your teammates and ultimately build trust. Mm. So I wonder if uh, maybe some of those young guys actually need to be involved in that. And you, you've got to manage their loads, but I mean, the best way to, to learn and grow, like we're talking about Tahakemata and Noah Hosea before, is, is play footy. So, um, yeah, mate, I, I'd like to see those younger guys um, playing more footy and maybe those older guys who have niggles or who have banked maybe four or five years um, in a row, been on Northern Pools, been to World Cups, then maybe you look to manage a few of those guys. But if they're feeling good, they're ready to go and they want to play footy, I'd, I'd keep playing them. Yeah, Aaron, look, just final question before you. we do let you go, and I do appreciate your time this morning. Um, and I'm just curious about this one. You went from player to coach. Always a lot of pressure on coaches, as you know. What, what was the biggest surprise you learnt when you suddenly took up the head coaching roles? What surprised you that perhaps you weren't aware of as a player um, that go with the responsibilities of being a coach or with the job description? Yeah, I think when you're, I think you're coaching when you're playing and, and that was the beauty of, you know, we were coached by some, some of the best that have ever coached the game, you know, and it wasn't, wasn't just about the footy. It was it was around um, growing the man as well. So Robbie Deans was a, was a fantastic mentor. We had Wayne Smith. Uh, I remember Steve Hansen going around after uh, after the game. Once you put your your suit on, your number ones, and he'd be making sure your tie was tied up properly and your fingernails were looking good because you're going to the after match and he knew your mum and dad were going to be there. <laughs> potentially, potentially your nana and was all those little things um, that have got nothing really to do with footy. It's about, about growing the person. So we, I felt I was really lucky because I always had great mentors like that. I always felt they really cared about me as a person. Um, so the connections were, were really strong. It's certainly something I focus on as a coach. But in terms of out on the grass, I think when you're, <clears throat> when you're playing, it's easy to be a coach because you can give someone some feedback and you can go and action it yourself. It's different when you're a coach because um, then you've got to understand the, the process of learning, of teaching a skill or a player learning a skill and guiding them through it. Uh, that's a totally different process. Um, so it's no surprise that you know all those um, great head coaches or great coaches over time have been teachers or they've been policemen or they've you know had some sort of um, experience around pedagogy and, and leading people through a process to get to, towards an outcome and, and grow 
you know, grow somebody's skill set. So that's probably the biggest thing, I think, and the, the toughest challenge. You can't just tell someone what to do and go and do it yourself and, and lead by example that way. You've actually got to guide them through and understand that everybody learns in, in different ways. So uh, you see that a lot. You see a lot of young players transition to coaching straight away now because they have the knowledge. They understand what it takes um, at that level. They've been there. They've done it. So it's, it's easy with that experience. Uh, the next challenge is how we get those messages across and pull it all together towards your, your overall strategy. So, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. It's certainly not just uh, rock up on Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday. <laughs> and, you know, people see the, the, the glitz and the glamour side of it on a, um, in the weekend, but a head coach is often the, the emotional regulator for, for a side. You know, your, your ups and your downs and, and managing it when you've had a really good performance and making sure you don't get too elevated and too far ahead of yourself. Um, and the same when you when you have a performance where you get an outcome that you're, you know, you're not happy with and you can tell that the mood's down. Um, you've got to be really consistent in your process and, and bring things back to an even keel. So when you start on Monday, you go through your review, you're really honest and you've um, got a lot of integrity through that process so you can get back and do what you need to do for the next week because every challenge is different. So, um, yeah, I suppose that's just a bit of an insight into to what it looks like and, and feels like for a, for a head coach. Aaron, brilliant, brilliant answer. And look, again, thank yeah. you for joining us on the programme this morning. Greatly appreciate it. Cheers, Good to chat, fellas.